The whole purpose of having systems is to replace you. Systems are what keep you from having to work long days, weekends, and holidays. Most plumbers fail at making systems because making systems is hard and it sucks. If you wait too long to start making systems, then it's gonna be really hard to catch back up. The only difference between making small amounts of money and lots of money is... What's up, Joel? Hey, Jared, how's it going? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Dude, it's wintertime out there. Dude. It's freaking cold out there. Yeah, it's really cold. It was 40, like 42 degrees when I woke up this morning. Yeah. Oh, was it just 42? Man, I feel like it was colder than that. I guess it was cloudy today. It was, it was 42. Raining. I left my house at 7 a.m. this morning to go get uh, my Azure Standard order. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Ordered a bunch of food from Azure Standard. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the prepper side of me. Yeah, the prepper. It's actually the prepper side of my wife, Christelle. Yeah, I was about to say, I was yeah. like, Jared, I don't really know if you have a prepper side. So I appreciate like having stuff stocked because you don't have to go to the grocery store. Yeah. But I mean, maybe I have a little bit of prepper in me. Mm, why? Because you, you didn't you didn't think you did until you just made that pause <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, <laughs> freezer full of meat. Yeah, yeah, you were starting it, to think. Yeah. It brings whole new problems though. Like we got a freezer. We just bought a cow. Mm -hmm. So we're getting a cow delivered. Dead cow. Dead cow, butchered, okay. packaged. What if, what if you thought you got a dead cow and it was a live cow? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> You're like, Damn But it, it reminds me of when my wife's grandma dropped a um, goat off at our house <laughs> for my daughter's birthday. She was That's like, awesome. here's a goat. Was it like a baby goat or Not full a, goat? It was like, no, it was baby. It wasn't huge. When was that? Um, my daughter turned, she was like her fourth or fifth birthday. Oh, that's hilarious. We were living at our first house that we bought. Mm. We had a chicken coop. Um, and my wife's grandma comes over in the afternoon she, in her car mm -hmm. and she's got a goat in the back seat mm -hmm. <laughs> and she like pulls up and opens the door and out comes this little white goat. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> no warning. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the text on the way over. <laughs> no way to keep this thing. Like, I don't know where I'm going to put it. Just in your bed. I don't have food for it. Mm. Yeah. Turned out, uh, we named it Daisy. Mm -hmm. It bought all night long. Goats are very social animals, so we yeah. had one goat, and we had two turkeys at the time. I remember the turkeys. Uh, the turkeys and the goat got along, and then our dog, his name was Jones. We don't mm -hmm. have him anymore. They would sit on the porch and lay down together. They would just hang out. Mm. And anytime you were outside, that goat would just follow you around. Mm. Uh, and it got big quickly. Mm -hmm. And so we took it to the butcher mm -hmm. in the back of our car. Mm -hmm. Full-size goat in yeah. the back of our car. Yep. Did you have your scion? Was it your scion? Yeah. 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 Uh, and took Daisy to the butcher and I brought the meat home and I made some tacos. Mm -hmm. And I probably told you this story, but <laughs> yeah. not the internet peoples. Mm -hmm. And I'm so I made taco meat. Dude, and it smelled terrible. <laughs> like it stunk up my whole house. Was, have you ever had goat like meat before? No. Gotcha. Never. And you're like, we're gonna make some tacos with yeah. this. Yeah. And I like the second I pulled that out of the package, I was like, man, this smells funky. Yeah. Funky so I, like goat funky or just like funky? Smells funky. It smells mm. like kind of like goat. Yeah. Right? So I made beef taco meat and I made goat taco meat. Yeah. And I made my kids tacos with the goat meat. Mm -hmm. Like pre-made the tacos mm -hmm. and I made myself taco <laughs> with the beef meat. And I sat everybody down at the table yeah. and the kids came down and they were like What's that smell? <laughs> and I was like, I I burnt something. Yeah. Um, and they sat down and they took one bite of their taco and they were like, What is this? 
It was disgusting. Yeah. So we ended up donating the rest of Daisy to the, mm. I think we donated her to the food bank. Mm. I don't know if anybody ate her or not. Maybe they had the same discovery as you, like, oh, what is this goat? I don't know. Maybe somebody from a different country who was used to goat got all excited because there was some goat there. Yeah. But it was terrible. Mm. Maybe you just didn't feed it a good diet or something. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Man, what were, what were, why do we even start talking about it? Oh, because Prepper, because now you got a freezer, yeah. got, you got a freezer cow showing full up. of meat. Yeah. Okay, and it causes other problems, yeah. right? So now I got a freezer full of meat. Mm-hmm. What happens if we have a hurricane and the power goes out for a week? You got to get your generator out. Now I got to have a generator. Yeah, you got to have more stuff to put in your garage. So, like a real man. So, I'm building a camper van right now, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, Krista was like, hey, I'm going to order this solar generator. It's a generator that you can plug solar panels into. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm building that. Like, we're basically building that thing in my van. We yeah. could just plug the freezer in in the van and the yeah. solar power was on the solar panels on the roof will power it. Mm-hmm. So, it was a good excuse to go purchase all the stuff for my van. So, you purchased the rest of the stuff to finish your van? Not yet. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm, gonna, I'm not going <clears> to, <throat> I'll probably just purchase the stuff to finish the solar. Yeah, gotcha. Because if I order too much at once, it like fills up my garage and then Dude. I never get to it. Yeah. So I just have a garage full of junk that needs to go in my yeah, van. Yeah. And it just sits there. Like, how long did it take me to put the like solar panels sat in there for forever? My yeah. my roof fan, my solar panels, and my AC unit, and my roof rack are all on. That took me like literally like eight months. I feel like that at the start of this podcast, you were building your van. Yeah. It'll yeah. probably be done in a couple of years. Yeah. At this rate. Yeah, at this rate. And yeah. by then you'll be like, I don't even want to take it anywhere. I'm just going to... No, <clears throat> I don't want to take it anywhere right now. I'll be honest. Mm. That's probably why I don't work on it. Mm, yeah, you don't have any like need to like, oh, I want to go and do these things in this van. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, but more and more lately have been like, you know what? I need a break. It'd be fun to take the camper van yeah. somewhere. Go somewhere. Do something cool. Do a bike trip or something. Yeah. Have a nice place to sleep. Yeah, me and Ayla want to get some kind of thing like that so that we can go camping somewhere, climbing somewhere, biking somewhere, yeah. just do things like that because I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, you should just get a camper for your truck, like a truck bed camper. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, like a... Or a tow behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always wanted an R-Pod. Get an R-Pod, then do like you did. Remember your Tacoma and you had the roof rack yeah. tent? Yeah. But you had it on your bed? Yeah. Do that because then your kids are in the... Yeah, the tent. kids can go in the tent, and we can go in the R-Pod. You're in the R-Pod. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't last. They would come inside, like, in 10 minutes. Dude. It's dark out. Get a, get a whip. Put a whip on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> Just hang it and be like, that's what happens if you come in here. Okay. Last off-topic discussion, then we'll get oh, into this podcast. On. We're going to talk about how to write systems for your business, okay? Because mm. it's super important. Because without systems... You don't. You really just don't have a business, okay? Yeah, Jared's got SOPs for his meat storage. I do. It's just all over the place. Yeah, so and we're going to talk about SOPs, the whole nine yards, everything you need to know. Mm. Did you know mm-hmm. that the tassels on motorcycle handlebars oh, you just look. <laughs> were originally <laughs> removable? Uh, I don't know if they still are removable. What do you but, mean removable? Like, but like you always see like, you know, these tough mm-hmm. dudes and then they got tassels on the end of their handlebars mm-hmm. and I'm like... This is like big buff tattooed, mm-hmm. scary looking dude, scary looking dude uh-huh. with a big beard on a really loud bike, and then he's got leather tassels hanging from his handlebars. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't fit. Yeah, seems weird, mm-hmm. right? They were removable, mm-hmm. and you would whip other bikers with them. Oh yeah, I just learned this. Yeah, 
It's like, dang, okay, that's way more manly. Yeah, like, okay, <laughs> that's a weapon. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> under realize that tassels were a weapon. Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, makes sense now. Yeah, you gotta go watch Sons of Anarchy. I'm sure you'd find that in that show. Oh, yeah, I don't, I've never done that. Yeah, I mean, never watched that. Mm. Haven't seen it? Uh, Ayla watched some of it, and I would tune in every now and again. Cool. Okay. Yeah, man. Let's get into um, systems. Okay. I had a guy ask me today, he was like, He's asking me like, so what can your program offer? And I was like, well, like systems. And he's like, what's a what's a system? What is that? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a foreign concept, really. Why? Because uh, like just thinking about everywhere I worked before I worked at mm. or before I built my company, they didn't have any systems. But everywhere I worked before I worked at my company was kind of a mess. Can we can we define systems? Is there like a nice definition for systems? Um, it's at its core, it's a way of doing something. Yeah. Yep. So, and what makes it a system, I guess, is that it's no longer just the way that you do it. It's actually just written down. Ah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's what turns it into an SOP, I guess, is when you write it down. Yeah. I guess a system indicates like, yeah, there's a, there's a way of doing something that you should be doing this the same time, the same thing following the same process every time. Yes. Now you have a system. Now you have a repeatable system that works. Yes, a repeatable system that works that you can then explain somebody the system and then they can refer to the system to know what to do instead of asking you what to do. And then you know what they're doing. Yes. Works. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you have a high degree of, yeah, you can be like, okay, well, if they do the system, they should have a good chance at doing whatever the system is trying to get them to do. Correct. And then you can then start to judge other things if, that person is underperforming. Correct. Because then you can rule out a bunch of stuff because they're just doing the system and you know the system works. Well, mm -hmm. and if everybody's following the same system, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. it makes tracking everything easier. Yeah. It gives you better data. Mm -hmm. um, it it ins You ensure things that need to happen, happen. Yes. Whether or not your team understands like mm -hmm. the importance of each little thing or how they're all tied together. If it's the system and it's the way you do it and yeah. you train on it, it ensures that all of those things happen. Yeah. And that's, that's important to remember because like your team understanding why every little nuance in the system isn't necessary. And like your team just needs to know what to do. And then you can take all the data that you get from the system and then tweak the system, tweak the system yeah. as appropriate. <clears throat> yeah. Cause like, honestly, like, in my experience, people want to know the systems until you start explaining to them, like, yeah, this is why we're doing it. And they're like, I don't care anymore. This is, <laughs> I don't care. I'm just here to work. And this like, is you know, way too complicated. I don't, I didn't need to know all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess in its simplest form, it is, it is how you run your business, right? Yeah. Um, and so I guess we should start with like, like now that they know what a system is, mm -hmm. cha-chang. Oh yeah. Break Winnem. time. <laughs> Break Story time. time. <laughs> um, I guess we can start with like what like what kind of systems you need to start with. Yeah. Like I always like to just go through the chronological yeah. journey of systems, right? Mm -hmm. Cuz you could go like you could go look at my SOPs right now mm -hmm. and you could try to write them for your company and it would make no sense. Yeah, it might not fit. Well, you would just end up rewriting them probably, right? Like rewriting them entirely or? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. a lot of them, yeah. okay? 
And like, I didn't write my systems until like my SOPs. Mm-hmm. I, we didn't write those until, you know, two years in. Would you say that SOPs are just another system? Like they would be under the SOPs definition are like, of system? SOPs are like the written form of the system. Yeah. So that when somebody has a question on how the system works or what they need to do, mm-hmm. then it's written down. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's like a manual. Yeah. And and eventually like getting your business to the point where you're not required as much, it requires that people go to something other than you to figure out what their job is. Yes. <clears throat> Which like you should end up with SOPs. Yep. And but to start there, you have to start with some kind of systems that eventually go into your SOPs. And yeah, the you, SOP itself becomes a system. Yep. You have to figure out your business model and how your business does business. Basically, right? <laughs> yeah. Like how yeah. how you do business. Like how do yeah. we do business here? Yeah, sure. Like how mm, sure. how do we book the job? How do we mm. answer the phone? How do we schedule? Yeah, how the, yeah. do we pay? What hours do we work? Um, what software do we use? Like where do we get our branded hoodies? Sure. How do we order more? New branded hoodies. Yeah. Those are all systems that you're eventually going to have to have in place. Yeah, because right? eventually somebody is going to be asking those questions, trying to do those things that yep. isn't going to be you. <clears throat> yeah. And you might not even remember. And, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but, yeah, you don't want them coming to you, so yeah. you put it in a manual or an SOP, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden nobody needs you anymore, and you worked yourself out of a job, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, thank goodness. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo-wee. Woo-hoo. Good podcast. See ya, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you first start out, like when it's just you, it's like, okay, you really just need a way to track your customers and a way to track like what time your jobs are mm. and whether or not somebody paid or not, right? Yeah. You need very minimal systems. Right. Like you can get away with that doing like a QuickBooks app to take payments and enter in customer data and write invoices and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like in the beginning, we used Trello. So we would make a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday card in Trello. And then there would be a 8 to 10 card, Mm. a 10 to noon card, a noon to 2 card, and a 2 to 4 card Mm -hmm. in each day. And so the CSR would just get a call. Mm. She would enter the information, the customer information into QuickBooks. And then she would take that information and put it on the appropriate card mm-hmm. in Trello for mm-hmm. the time slot. And then I, and that was on my Trello. And then I would look at Trello on my phone and be like, okay, my next job is this one. Right. I would text the customer, hey, this is Jared with mm. Prospector Plumbing. It was actually J-Rods at that time. Um, just so you know, I'm on my way to your house. Should be there in 20 minutes, right? Yeah. So that was kind of like our system. Mm-hmm. Nothing was written down, but it was the way that we were doing business, right? right? That right. was our kind of our first initial s- system. Mm-hmm. And that was good till, like we used that, I think, until three guys. We had three guys hired. Mm-hmm. So they each had their own Trello account. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was all under the business account. So on the CSR's end, she had three Trello cards, one for each technician. Yeah. Inside of those cards were Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Inside of those cards were the different time slots for jobs. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of a nuisance on her end, right? Right. Because then there's three cards and you got to thumb through them all to see what's in them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a pain not, in the butt. Not scalable. Not scalable, right? And maybe that's a good thing. <clears throat> like 
the system that you have now m- might not be the same system that you have at scale. Uh-uh. No, what gets you to 50K a month doesn't get you to 5 million a year. Yeah, let's see. Doesn't get you to 400K a month. This is a different... This- it's a yeah. different game, right? This might be sort of sort of off-topic question because I'll get questions like this where guys are like, well, I don't want to do Service Titan because I'm doing House Call Pro and I like it and it seems to be doing fine. I'm just going to stick with this. And To a point, fine. Yeah. Sure. And so like in that sense, because those are both systems, like software is system because it's giving you a direction of how to do things. Yeah. But it makes sense to me that you would... Well, tell me what you think about this. It makes sense to me that you should arrive at a system that you don't have to change. If you can arrive at a system that you don't have to change, that's good. So personal opinion here, I think getting on House Call Pro is a waste of time. Sure. Like if you're going to get on there and you're just going to use it to track customer data and take payments and build estimates and sell invoices, fine. But you don't even need House Call Pro to do that. Like mm-hmm. You could do it for free mm-hmm. on QuickBooks and Trello. Yeah. Right. Um, a lot of people they get on House Call Pro, they start building out their price book. And yeah. It's like, just you don't even need a price book yet, dude. And they usually get on House Call Pro because Service Titan was too expensive, or they've yeah. heard bad things about the customer care, whatever it might be, and then they go to House Call Pro because of that reason. Yeah. And the reality is, later on down the road, if they want to grow, mm-hmm. then they should get on Service Titan. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's the better software. Right. I can't, I can't help it. Yeah. It's a good software. Yeah. And they're, they're a huge company. Mm. I want to, I don't know where I heard this, but somebody told me they were a $5 billion a year company. I mean, they, they do lots of industries. Yeah. They're not going anywhere and they're going to continue to crush it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not going to just fail overnight. Yeah. It's only going to get better. Yeah. Especially with pushing like all the AI push, I know they're mm. pushing hard on their back end. Yeah, to roll out AI stuff, yeah. and I think it's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> let me add one more one more thought to this because I was talking to a guy I think last week, and he like said a couple times on the call he's like, "Well, I'm not tech savvy, so I gotta show my camera or show my face." So give me a second, and he uh-huh. said it again, and I just like at the end of the call, I was like, "Hey man, like let me just kind of just give you my opinion." He's like, "Yeah," he's like, "Dude, like don't use that tech savvy excuse anymore." Yeah, there's tons of guys like tons of plumbing business owners who stand behind the, hey, I'm just not tech savvy. Yeah. And I would say like, become tech savvy. Yeah. You don't have to become an expert, but it's required that you understand tech to a certain degree. That was me, dude. Yeah. Jared I wasn't tech savvy. I didn't know how to plug in a TV hardly. No. And, right? and you would even like take pride <clears throat> in the sense that you weren't tech savvy. Yeah. Until you're like, dang, I gotta like learn how to do stuff. The second I had to figure out what a, like how to use a spreadsheet. The second I realized how yeah. much power entering information into a spreadsheet can have, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I have to learn this stuff. Yeah. There's I'm not gonna make it without it. Yep. And now it's if I can do it, they yeah. can do it. You've become tech savvy. Yeah. And I think what keeps people from not becoming tech savvy isn't their age. It isn't what nope. they know. It's just there's something in their mind that says this is a hard thing and maybe it seems kind of dumb and it's what the kids do. I do it this way. And that's all just ego. Yeah. It's like, man, like wipe all the way. Just learn the tech side. It's okay. I bet some of it's probably ego, but there's also the like, there's, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to avoid this yeah. and I'm going to do the thing that is easier. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Or I'll hire somebody to like really do the tech yeah, side. I'll for hire me. somebody to do the tech stuff. Um, but I'm a you gotta understand what's going on. Yeah. You ha you need to just buckle down and go like pull your pants up, yeah, put your boots on, go play in the mud for a little bit. Yeah. Like go Fig- play in the mud of Google Sheets for a little bit. Yeah, go figure it out. It's it's life changing. And there's no excuse to not know mm. that stuff. Yeah. YouTube is free. Yeah. There's so many tutorials on Google Sheets, Mm -hmm. Google Docs, Google Drive. Like, go learn how to use it. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yep. Like, it's a a great organizational tool for your business. Or Service Titan. You get on, it's freaking complicated. It's a learning curve. Mm -hmm. But you got to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just part of the deal. Yeah. Okay. My original system, to go all the way back, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had a QuickBooks app and I had a notebook and I would write the dates on the pages and I would write the time slots on the pages and I would schedule people that way. That was the OG. Mm-hmm. And then when I got a CSR, it was like, okay, well, she can't see my pages. <laughs> yeah. So we got pictures of your pages and text it to her. Yeah. So yeah. we got to put this on an app. Mm-hmm. So then it became Trello. Yeah. It was the only app I knew about at the time. Yeah. Right. Um, and notice we, I didn't overcomplicate by trying to use Trello before I got a CSR. I didn't yeah. overcomplicate by trying to get on service Titan when I didn't need it. Right. That would have that would have overcomplicated and it mm-hmm. would have cost me overhead. Yeah. So I would have been spending money on service Titan and I wouldn't have put as much money in my bank account. Mm-hmm. Into and I, then I wouldn't have had as much money to put into things that I actually needed to spend money on, right? Yep. So um those are kind of your first systems. Like we use that until three guys. Once we had three guys, as you can imagine, we're getting like call volume is going up, right? We're starting to get to the point where we could almost need a fourth guy. And the CSR is having to thumb through Mm. different Trello pages to find when there's an available time slot, how many, like she's thumbing through weeks ahead of time. We're starting to get scheduled out. It's getting to be difficult and messy. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, we need to upgrade Mm -hmm. this system. Then we got on Service Titan at that mm-hmm. point. I was out of the truck. There was three guys in the field. I was able to focus my attention on getting Service Titan set mm-hmm. up, figuring out how it works, and then we launched Service Titan. Yeah. At that point in time, we have plenty of work. We're making good revenue. The expense of Service Titan is no big deal. Right. Right? Um, and then, <clears throat> like, at that point in time, Service Titan or any good CRM that you're going to use almost becomes a system in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, Service Titan is meant to be used in a certain way, right? right? It's designed to be used Mm. in this certain way. Mm -hmm. It's designed to take phone calls, schedule people in time slots. Mm -hmm. Um, It's designed to send people text messages when you're on the way, and it's designed for your CSR and your dispatcher to use it a certain way. So use the software how it's designed to be used. Right. Yeah, okay. don't 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 try to like break it with your own methodology. Don't try to find some workaround because yeah. you don't like how they do this one thing. Yeah, because it doesn't really because you're doing like if you find yourself doing some scope of work that is outside of Service Titan's system, then you should question that that thing that you're doing. Yeah. Because Service Titan is like, hey man, that doesn't seem like normal. Just change how you're doing it. Yeah. Like even if your way is maybe a little bit better, it you're causing complications by trying to mm-hmm. go 
not do what the software wants you to do, right? Yeah. Um, so Service Titan kind of becomes its own system, mm -hmm. right? The guys have to use it a certain way in the field. The CSRs mm -hmm. have to use it a certain way. And then you as the owner have to use it a certain way. Mm -hmm. Just it is what it is. <clears throat> um, so that gets you by for a little while. Like if you had three or four guys, maybe even five guys out in the field, mm -hmm. and you had Service Titan and you had a CSR in the office mm -hmm. and you were always in the office, you might be good with that. Um, probably the only thing I would add at that point in time would be like employee agreements. Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, because you're still the guy doing all the hiring. You're still the guy. You're there yeah. to answer questions yeah, all so, the time. So you're saying that you don't necessarily need these systems on paper yet because no. you're still the guy who's doing most of the thing. So yeah. if you put it on paper, you wouldn't probably use that paper because you would just do what you do. Yeah, and if you're going to continue to grow, you're probably going to change some of it anyway. Yeah, so if you put it all on paper at that point, it's going to be useless by the time you get to the point where you somebody else does it. Yeah, so the probably the only thing I would do, like when I started hiring employees, I would probably start writing employee agreements. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not like a legally binding document. Sure. Just a document that lays out like, what are your job duties? What are our working hours? Mm -hmm. um, what are our expectations of you? Mm -hmm. Right? What kind of skills do we need you to have? Um, how we're going to measure your performance, right? Mm -hmm. Are we going to measure total revenue or hours sold or what? Right? right. <clears throat> um, and then I would probably... I would probably try to work up like some some a mission and core values at that point. Mm. It's going to be tough in the very beginning because it's hard to think about that kind of stuff because you're just focused on like yeah you're busy. I just want this thing to work so yeah. I can make some money, right? Yeah. And so your mission is like I want more money, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And <laughs> I want to work less and make more. <laughs> yeah, that's really your mission, right? But yeah. um, eventually, the company will have its own mission, and, yeah. and vision and. Because you'll have to Core begin values. to, you know, instill a culture within your company. Yeah. And even instilling a culture requires a system. Correct. Like if you look at big companies who have done really good with business culture, they, they have a system. It. They're like, every yep. day we talk about this. And like yeah, I mean, things, people start to just be indoctrinated into your system, your yep. culture. Yep. And if you don't have a system to do that, um, and you're wondering, like, why does my business culture sucks? It's like, well, probably because you're not actually talking about your core values. Yep. You know them, and you just think that everybody else is just going to pick up on them. Yep. That's not how it works. Yep. So when we first started hiring people, our mission was we wanted to be the, we wanted to be Fairbanks or the interiors. The interior is kind of like where Fairbanks is in Alaska. We wanted to be the interiors premier plumbing and heating company. That was our mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and our core values were like family. Um, I don't even know what they were. <laughs> they were, there, there was like three of them, right? Yeah. It was like family, work hard, and I think it was be happy because yeah. we were the hap happiest plumbers in the interior, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, because we kind of achieved like we are the interior's premier heating, plumbing right. heating company, we kind of achieved our mission. Mm, so we had to sure. kind of expand that. <laughs> yeah. So now it's, and we haven't quite rolled it out yet, but it's becoming, um, uh, I think it's like, I don't know how I worded it, but it's something to the tune of, we are the interior's premier plumbing and heating company for years to come. Mm. So we're not only doing this today for now. Sure. We're building a long-term 
business and legacy here. Right. Right. It's not a thing that's just going to pop up and go away. Right. It's here to stay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be premier for the whole time. Mm. We're going to be the best. Right. We're going to remain there. Right. That's a long-term vision. Okay. Um, and then our, our values have changed as well. Our core values are one of them is profitability mm-hmm. is a, is a good one to have in there because it needs to be important for everybody in your company to understand mm. we're here to push profitability. Right. Um, I don't know. I can't remember what the other ones are, but mm. psh, doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah. The point is that core values are it, a system. It gives you an idea of something to like a framework to make decisions around. Right. Sure. So yeah, sure, sure, sure. In the beginning, when our mission was become the premier interiors, premier plumbing and heating company mm-hmm. it was like, okay, does this like, I want to bring on service Titan. Does this push us closer to our goal? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's probably a good decision then. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We need to hire another CSR. That's expensive, mm-hmm. but our customer service is lacking because we only have one. Right. Does this push us towards our mission? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good decision then. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the core values, you know, just help you align like, what are the things that your company actually cares about? Mm-hmm. What are the things that make it tick? What makes it different? What makes it special? Right. Mm-hmm. That's going to be different for every single company. Yeah. Because the, it it's up to the owner. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I would probably put together some employee agreements. That way, when you start hiring new employees, it's like, hey, here's the primary goal of your job position. Like, sure. these are the things that I need you to do. When these things are good and they're done, then these are kind of your secondary goals. Yep. And then if you download our playbook, by the way, the playbook we use to scale plumbing business to an RK month, there's a link down in the description if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast, you can go to wealthyplumber.com slash playbook. Whew. You may have to enter www.wealthyplumber.com slash playbook. <laughs> um, and you can download our playbook. It's free. And we give you a guideline for writing your employee agreements. And mm. let me just find it because we cover in here, I call it the, here we go, oh, employee agreement framework. Look at that. Dang. It's like you wrote it. Yeah. So you have primary goals, secondary goals like we just talked about. You give them a job description so they know, okay, this is my job, right? And then required skills, mm-hmm. and then performance standards. Yeah. So this is what we need you to do, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a cool little diagram in here of a guy tossing a beanbag. What is that? Cornhole. Into a, into a cornhole board, mm-hmm. okay? And you can kind of see, like, it's got a board here, and it says one, primary, which would be the primary goal. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, toss the beanbag. Mm-hmm. That's your primary job duty, just mm-hmm. to toss that beanbag. Right. You're a beanbag tosser, mm-hmm. right? Um. Number two, secondary goals would be make it in the hole. Yeah. Right? Uh, three, job description, you're a beanbag tosser. That's your job description. <laughs> right. right? Pretty obvious one there. Yep. Um, four, required skills, must be able to throw at least 10 feet. Maybe the cornhole board is 10 feet away, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then performance standards, like, okay, you have to get seven out of 10 mm. in order to keep your job. Mm-hmm. It's an easy... Mm-hmm way to think about employee agreement. It's very straightforward. You want somebody to be able to come in your business and go, okay, I got to toss the beanbag. Yeah. 
I am a beanbag tosser. Mm-hmm. I got to make it in the hole. That's my secondary goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to be able to throw 10 feet because the thing is nine feet away. Mm-hmm. And I need to make it at least many this many times in the hole. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now they have a very clear idea of this is what I'm doing at this job. And yeah, I'm good to go. And it's also a good framework that when you're hiring, you have a thing that you're looking for. So you can be like, oh, I'm hiring. Let me look at what I'm hiring for. And just like, okay, this is all that like, and you'll know in your head what you're looking for. But, you know, I've done enough interviewing, hiring that like you can get caught up in the moment Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I'm hiring a guy. I really like this guy. He seems to share my same values. And then I like really forget to just run him through the tests in my brain of like, oh, can you actually do this job? You have (laughs) the skills required. Like, I think you're an awesome guy. But later I figured out that he didn't have any of the skills. Yeah. I just connected with him on a culture fit. Yeah. But then you didn't run him up against your employee agreement to be like, oh, yeah, you actually wouldn't be able to do this. You said your availability isn't this. Ooh, you're actually not a good fit. Yeah. So it serves not only as something to give your hired employees, yep. but it also is like, hey, man, I'm hiring you. These are my requirements. Yep. Like, I have to make sure you check all these boxes before I let you in the door. Yep. Yeah. And pro tip. At the very end of your employee agreement, put mm. this will change. Yeah, <laughs> this agreement is going to change. Yep. When it does, I'll let you know, and we'll sign a new copy. Yeah. Because you're going to change it. Things are going to change. Yeah. The market yep. changes. The customers change. The mm-hmm. business changes. Your vision changes. Your vision your changes, changes. Your mission changes. Your core values change. Yeah. It's going to change. Yeah, <clears throat> and sometimes you'll get the employees who really expect everything to be the same forever. Forever. And that's just what they want. Like they want consistency, but then they also want that other side of consistency of like, well, I just want nothing unexpected to ever happen. Yeah. And so then when you, like for those employees, when you go to change something, (coughs) they go, they're like, well, this isn't the deal that we had in the beginning. Yeah. And so you need to lay out the deal is it's going to change. Then when you go change stuff and they say that, you can say, well, the original deal was that the deal's going to change. So here it is. Yeah. Um, another benefit of the employee agreement is that when you have people that do stuff in your business that isn't in your employee agreement, mm-hmm. right, or opposite of what you want, right. right, you're really just trying to like lay down the fain- foundation of what you want out of your employees. So yeah. when they don't show up on time, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, remember in here we work eight to 10, you signed it. Mm-hmm. How come you're not showing up at eight? They right. can't say, oh, I didn't know. Right. Well, oh, I didn't think that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's like you literally signed it in here. It's a mm-hmm. big deal. I mean, it gives you something to call back on, yeah. right? And like any system, you have to you actually have to do the system as it's intended, or it won't work. <clears throat> so when you lay out those things, yeah. And if your employee is showing up late and you don't do anything about it, then you're not following your own system, and so it just weakens the whole thing. Yes, you get more of what you tolerate. Yeah. So, if you don't want to tolerate it. Don't tolerate it. Yeah. Um, but you have to be, this is a conversation we had in our coaching call the other day because mm. I was doing a talk on company culture and it's and it's kind of the same thing, right? Right. And somebody brought up this very example of, what if I got a guy that is inherently late all the time? And I said, well, if you don't want to tolerate it, you got to pull him aside and say, hey, I need you here to be, I need you to be here at 8 a.m. sharp if you're late, this is going to be a different conversation. Mm. But you have to be willing to follow through with, Yeah, this is going to be a different conversation, right? Yep. Otherwise, it's just you're constantly telling them, hey, I need you to be here on time. Right. I need you to be here on time. Yep. I need you to be here on time, right? Um, 
So it depends on, like, you got to pick your battles, is what I'm saying. Because mm. um, the reality is, like, it's hard to get technicians. Yeah. Right? And so if you go fire everybody for just little things, mm. and maybe being on time is a big deal to you. Right. But let's say they show up without their company hat on one day. Are you going to fire them over that? Everybody who walks in your shop without their hat on one day? Depends on how bad I am. You're fired. Mm. And you just don't put up with it at all. Mm-hmm. When it's really hard to get new guys in, mm. I would I would pick those battles. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. And that's like something where like, like the employee agreement is subject to change for a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Um, and so maybe if you're like, <clears throat> I'm just trying to think of this scenario. Like, I don't know if this would actually be real, but it's just like, God forbid you couldn't get guys to show up on time that you had to alter your employee agreement. Like hopefully enough guys can show up on time that you can still hold that in there. But yeah, you'll show up on time. I think you can get guys to show up on time without firing everybody who doesn't. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think you need to fire everybody. You can still pull them aside and say, hey, yeah. you're showing up late. We can't have that here. Yeah. Like we need you to be on time. Here's why. Right. Right. Um, and most people will be like, oh, okay. My boss needs me to show up on time. Right. My boss noticed I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> or like, hey, we're going to, like, I'm going to have to, like, lower your pay if you can't be here on time. Sure. You don't have to fire him, right? Right. Um, so pick your battles. I had a friend growing up. He was a he was a turd sometimes. And his, uh, he would get away with murder. Mm-hmm. And I asked his dad, why do you let him do that? Mm-hmm. He's like, He would always tell me, you got to pick your battles. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought he was crazy. My yeah. dad did not pick his battles. <laughs> he just took everyone <laughs> that fought, came. He fought every battle that came, uh, and yeah. he won every single one. Well, see, that's fine, you know. That's a good battler right there. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> maybe. 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 Yeah, maybe not in your business necessarily. <clears throat> yeah, I know in my experience that, you know, when you have a good employee, everybody's going to have some kind of wrinkle in their personality, yep. in the way that they do something. Yep. And you're always going to be tolerating some level of not perfection. Yeah, because nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yep. And it's it's always like... It's good the, enough. The employee agreement is something where you're like, hey guys, this is the standard that you need to be pushing towards. Because yep. I think it needs to look like something like, this is what I expect out of you. Let me help you get there. And Employee agreement needs to be minimum. Minimum. Okay, so your employment the, agreement is minimum. These are your, these are the minimum mm, standards. If gotcha. you do not do these things, you do not work here. Yeah, gotcha. That's what needs to be in your employee agreement. Yeah, gotcha. Um, anything above minimum mm-hmm. needs to have some sort of incentive for them to do to do above yeah. minimum, right? Yeah, gotcha. Because um, you, you need that fine line of like, mm-hmm. this is what we expect. Mm-hmm. If you don't mm-hmm. hit it, you don't work here. Mm-hmm. So that they know I cannot fall below that measurement. Yeah. Or I don't have a job anymore. Yeah, I gotcha. Right. Yeah. And then if I do better than these metrics up here, mm-hmm. I make more money mm-hmm. or I get more freedom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how it needs to be structured. Gotcha. <clears throat> okay. So you've hired some guys, you've got mm-hmm. employee agreements in place. Um that's good for a long, for yeah. quite a while. Yeah. Right. Um, you don't really need to start writing SOPs or training manuals. We'll call it like procedures and processes. Sure. So SOPs are just like a, a conglomeration of, you know, 
what your like the history of your company, why your company exists, mm-hmm. what it's all about, mm-hmm. how it came to be, mm-hmm. right? And then it's a, a systems, it's like processes and procedures. Yeah. And job manuals. Mm-hmm. All kind of combined into one document, mm-hmm. right? And there's probably a gazillion ways to split it up and a gazillion different ways to make them. Mm-hmm. I would keep it as simple as you possibly can. Yeah. I would keep your entire business as simple as you possibly mm-hmm. can. Um, complexity, if you start with complexity at scale, you have a complete nightmare. Yeah. If you start with something simple, it becomes complex at scale. Mm-hmm. So... I would always try to keep it simple mm. as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, how, is it, how do you know if you're keeping it simple enough? I mean, can it get any simpler? Yeah, can you like... And so do you have a like litmus in your head that you run through when you're looking at a system? Like, do you write a system and then do you edit it? Like, okay, this is too much. How much can I cut away from this? Like, is there? do you have a process? So if I'm putting together like a process or a procedure or I'm implementing something in my business... I'm constantly asking myself, mm. do we really need to do this? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. am I overcomplicating this? Mm-hmm. Is there an easier way to go about this? Mm-hmm. Do I have to make this happen? Yeah. Do I really need this? Is this the thing that's necessary? Because chances are when you're doing that, you're trying to solve a problem. And you're, and you're thinking about it like, well, will this feature, you know, will this tool I'm about to get, this software, solve this problem? Or maybe this problem is generated from something completely different, and yeah. I haven't even addressed the problem. Or do I even need to address the problem? Yeah, sure. It might not. Just, it might not. It Does might it? be a uh, what's that title of the thing that you sh- the thing that's distracting you from something, right? Yeah, there's a word for that. Does it even matter? Red herring or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I'm trying to think of a good example of that. So. What about price book? I mean, your price book could get crazy complicated yeah. if you let it. Right, There's, sure. Like, think about how many scenarios of plumbing jobs <laughs> there are. If you try to get every single one mm. in your price book, um, your price book will be impossible to use. Right. Right? If your price book is really hard to use, guess who's not going to use it? <laughs> your technician. Your technician. And they're just going to go back to whatever they're comfortable with. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to make sense to them. It's not going to make sense to the customer. Mm-hmm. It's like... Like if you get if you look at my price book, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot in it, but the only things that are in it are the things that we use, mm. nothing else. Yeah, gotcha. And that's it. Mm. Thing and it's only things that we use on the regular. Right. So, I had a guy working for me one time. We work on a certain type of boiler called slant fin boilers, mm-hmm. and they have a little inspection glass on the door. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Dude, can you put this inspection glass in the price book?" And I was like, how many of you sold of these inspection glasses like <laughs> in your whole career? Because I've yeah. never sold one. Yeah. And he's like, um, none, but I just ran into one. And I was like, why would I put it in the price book? You're yeah. going to sell one every 20 years. Yeah. Just write a custom task for it. That's a good example, though, of like this red herring where it's just like, you might be like, that's a great idea. You just ran into a problem. Let me just solve this problem real quick. When yeah. in reality, it's like, that's not even a thing. No, not even a thing. Um, trying to think of another one. So like you may come into your, here's a good one. This one drives my GM absolutely insane. Um, 
we the way that we calculate our business success is are we selling enough hours? Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you get our hourly rate calculator, which you can get, it's in the playbook. Go grab the link, fill it out. It's magical. Go to www.wealthyplumber.com slash playbook and get your free copy. Real quick, on that link in there, do you does that one come with the video that you talk about how to use it? Yeah, what'll happen is when you sign up, when you grab the playbook, there's mm -hmm. a link in the playbook to grab the hourly rate calculator. Because yeah. we talk about uh, the fair price formula in here. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a simple formula, but then to go actually like put it into a spreadsheet, mm -hmm. not so simple. Right. So we built the spreadsheet for you. Mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a dumbed down version of the one that mm -hmm. you get when you work with us as your coaches. So just because it's too complicated, yeah. you'll mess it up if we give you the whole thing. Yeah. You really need somebody to walk through it with you. Yeah. But if you go use this calculator, basically what it's going to do is it's going to say, okay, this is what it costs you to run your business. Mm -hmm. Here's how many hours you have available to bill out to the customer. Here's what you need to charge to be profitable. Mm. Okay. It's also going to, I don't know if the free one does this or the paid one does this, but um, the, the one I use says, <laughs> hey, to cover operating expenses, mm -hmm. hit 10% profit, 20% profit, Free one or 30% yep. profit, mm -hmm. you have to sell this many hours, mm -hmm. okay? So then when you build out a price book, everything has an hour value, okay? Right. So anytime my guys sell a job, okay, let's say they go to a house and they sell, you know, a new toilet and, mm, I don't know, a new faucet. Right. Really bad example. Let's say the <laughs> toilet is worth, an hour and the faucet's worth an hour, right. okay? They sold two hours, plus there's always a half hour of drive time tacked on there. Yeah. So they sold two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So if that's the only job they did that day, mm. we would see in Service Titan, so-and-so technician sold two and a half hours. Yeah. Okay? We can go back and look at our calculator and say, mm. okay, we have nine technicians. We have to sell this many hours. Mm -hmm. per, per day? Per day mm -hmm. or per week. You can see both, and then you can calculate it out per month based mm. on how many weeks or how many days. Sure, are there, of course. Right? Um, we have to sell X amount of hours. Okay, for us it works out to like twenty-five hours per technician. Yeah, that we need them to sell. Mm, yeah, yep, yep. Before we start, like, start hitting profit margins. Right. Okay. Anything above that, you hit extra. Mm. Sometimes you sell less, sometimes you sell more. Mm -hmm. It all equals mm -hmm. out in the end. Um, <clears throat> I totally lost my train of thought on this. Um, well, we were talking about what drives your GM nuts. <laughs> this drives them insane. So we have technicians, they'll go out to jobs, okay? Mm -hmm. And all my guys are really good, but they're human beings. Yeah. And you go out mm -hmm. to a job and you sell it to the customer and the job is worth four hours total, okay? Mm -hmm. And it takes them five. Mm. Logic would tell you like, hey, you bid that for four and it took you five. Mm -hmm. That's not, that doesn't work. Right. So a lot of people would go, I need to figure out how to get these guys to be more accurate, which mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. right? The more accurate they are, mm. the more hours they're going to sell. Right. Yep. Um, and the better it's going to be for the company as a whole. But at the end of the day, 
if they consistently sell enough hours to hit profit margins yeah, throughout the week, sure. I don't really care. Mm. So we can look at their daily mm. jobs and be like, you sucked at that one. You sucked at that one. You sucked at, and they might suck at all of them. Yeah. Just right? because they're not, they're not projecting accurately how long a job will take. Yeah. Yeah. They might go over on all of them, but they still sold their hours at the end of the week or yeah. at the end of the month. They still sold or at their the end of 25, the what they needed to. Yeah. Or yeah. more. Right. Yeah. They usually they sell more. Yeah. Um, and so you could then uh, like yeah. hone in on that one thing and go absolutely nuts and create systems of like, okay, if sure here's your spreadsheet that you have to use, if you think it's going to take you four, you put it in the spreadsheet and it marks it up 30% because we've been tracking, you yeah, know, how under you are. Historically, historically you're under by this much. The and spreadsheet so this will adjust it, it yeah. right? Yeah. You could go nuts over that. Or you could be like, you know what? Hey, quarterly reports, I noticed you're under on a lot of your hours. You could probably do better on accuracy. Yeah. Here's how that would play into the bigger picture. Yeah. You sold enough hours, so you're good there, but that's one thing you could get better on. Yeah, and then just have that conversation once. Once. Instead of, because even even if you have that conversation and you frame it, you know, where you sort of made the the example of like, hey, you suck at this, you suck at this. Even if you framed it like legitimately like, hey, guy, like let me pull you aside. Let's work on this. And you had that conversation over and over and over again, even if it was well-intentioned and well-communicated, it's still yep. a, it's a lot of your time. That technician is going to be like, dude, I know, I don't, I know. And now you're going to give me a bunch of extra stuff. Yep. He's going to be thinking about all that extra stuff instead of taking care of the customer. Yep. Like you're going to, you're going to experience uh, an it's, undone, what is it's it? It's too complicated. Yeah. There's going to be a That's consequence. Really there's going to be a consequence of this action because it's too complicated. Yeah. Yep. And so <clears throat> the better, like, and this is where like the, the power of performance pay comes in. Mm. So if they're paid more based on how well they perform, mm -hmm. right, then they're incentivized to perform well. And then you can always, in your quarterly reviews with your employees, which mm -hmm. you should be doing, um, if you have employees, you should pull them aside and be like, okay, this is how you're doing well. Mm -hmm. This is where you could use improvement. But when you tell them how they can improve, like in this last example, like, okay, I went and checked like 100 of your jobs. You're 20% mm -hmm. short on... 90% of them. Yeah. So you're doing really good. You sold your hours. You have right. a great attitude. I love having you here. Mm -hmm. Really appreciate you. Mm -hmm. If you want to do better, you could do better right here. Yeah, Just by sure. estimating your jobs better. And what that'll do for you is you're mm -hmm. actually going to sell more hours, which means you're going to get paid more. Right. So if you remember that new truck you were telling me you wanted yeah. or that house you wanted to buy mm -hmm. or... I know you're working on building a house. You're trying to save up for a down payment. Like, mm -hmm. that's your answer. Like, just be more accurate. Right. And you got it, man. Mm -hmm. Like, do that for one quarter and you got it. Mm -hmm. You're there, right? Much easier conversation to have. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and it comes from the positive side, not the negative side. It True. comes that the guy walks away. He's like, oh, yeah, cool. This is awesome. Like, I, I feel good about what I'm doing, and now I have an opportunity to improve something. Correct. And it just took one conversation. Correct. Yeah, instead of muddying the waters with all these other conversations that weren't really necessary and worth the time. Correct. Mm. Okay. So next level systems would be like, okay, I have made it to, you know, typically it's around six trucks. You can get a GM. Mm -hmm. Once you have a GM and you have six trucks, it's like you should probably just spend a little bit more money on marketing as long as you have a marketing system that you can put money into and hire a few more guys. Yeah, hopefully at this point you would have that. 
You better. Yeah, you better or else. Or you're screwed. It's going to suck. It's going to suck when your call volume just drops and you don't know why. Yeah. If you haven't been working on your online presence, Mm. your... You don't have a good like online marketing system going. And if you haven't been working on your brand awareness, those are big mistakes. Yeah. Brand awareness is a bigger deal than most people think it is. Mm. It's a huge deal. It's something that you have to constantly be pushing out into the community. Mm-hmm. And it builds, <clears throat> it's like, I think they call it like brand equity is a yeah. good way to think about it. Mm. So you're building equity, right? And you get to pull from that equity. Yeah. So when online search volume is low, mm. you can go pull from your brand equity. Right. Um, and it keeps you afloat during slow times, okay? The people who aren't doing that, those are the ones that are going to have a hard time mm. moving forward. Yeah, and that's something that just takes time to build up anyway. <clears throat> it takes time. You have to be consistent with it. Yeah. Um, so once you're at that point, you've got you know, a general manager and you've got probably a couple CSRs at that point. You've got six to 10 techs out in the field. Now you need to actually like sit down and be like, okay, I got to write systems for this thing. Cause yeah. this is a big, it's a little bit bigger than you sitting in the manager seat, mm-hmm. you know, knowing everything in your head. Mm-hmm. Now you need to get all the stuff that's in your head mm-hmm. on how the business should run down on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's when you, you really start writing your SOPs. Um, <clears throat> And a good way to go about that is to just sit down and just like number one, start mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> start splitting things up. So be like, okay, like let's go back to my employee agreements. Like, what do I want my technicians to do? Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the list of things I want them to do. Mm-hmm. Now, for each item on that list, let me go write down exactly how that's done. Okay. Mm. So your SOPs for your technicians are like, here's your employee agreement. Here's all the stuff we expect of you. And then there's another section on thing number one that I said, Mm. here's exactly how I want you to do it. Right. Thing number two that you're responsible for, here's exactly how I want you to do it and why we do it this way. Mm. And so on and so on, all the way down the list. Sure. So that everything that you expect of them is incredibly clear. Right, sure. Yeah. On what to do, why they do it, how they do it. If they needed any resources to do it, mm, yep. where they get those resources, mm-hmm. all that stuff is right there in one document. Mm-hmm. And then you just move to the CSR position. Okay, what do this what do I need the CSRs to do? Mm. Right? What are their job duties? Mm-hmm. Can I need them to answer the phone? Mm-hmm. How do we answer the phone? Mm. Let's Let's write a whole page on how we answer the phone. Let's create a script for them. Mm-hmm. Let's let them know, like, what are the goals? Like, right. what's the point of answering the phone this mm-hmm. way? Um, we need them to maintain customer profiles and service titan. How do we do that? How often do we do that? Mm. How do, like, tons of stuff, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> there's tons of, there's tons of things in there, right? Mm-hmm. If you start just being like, okay, what do the CSRs do and start mm-hmm. writing down what they do, mm-hmm. go write your SOPs. Then you start getting questions from right. CSRs. Then you can say, go look in your SOPs. Right. Well, when it's not in the SOP, that's when you go, mm, mm. I need to add this in the SOP. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like a, a thing you write one and done. It's a thing you go, 
Sure, yeah. You go right to the yeah. best of your ability, like this is how the company runs. Right. It'll give you really good insight when you go do this on yeah. how all the all the positions intertwine in your company. Yeah. Because you'll really start to understand it. You'll be like, oh, I need them to actually do this yeah. because if they do this, then these guys can't do this. And that's lame. Right? Have you ever found like you wrote like <clears throat> what you what you think the, S- the CSR is doing and then you're like, hey, check this out. And they're like, Jared, I don't do any of that. Like have you ever had that like disconnect where you think they're doing something, but they're doing it, maybe not necessarily not doing it. They're just doing it completely differently. You just weren't aware. No. Okay. So it's like when you've done it, you have a pretty good feel for like, what they're supposed to be doing and how they go about doing it. Correct. Okay. Yep. Because because I was the one there building the business, right? Yeah. So it was like, okay, like when when I hired your wife, mm-hmm. um, it was I was like, okay, here's I was it was a verbal agreement mm-hmm. of okay, we got to get the phone answered. <laughs> <clears throat> like, yeah, I can't answer it all the time, so you just need to make sure the phone is answered. The most important thing to think about is when somebody calls, we got to get that job booked, right? Mm-hmm. And here's a quick script you can follow. And then she ran with it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew what she was doing. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then you're the technician. Right. So you know what the so technicians you know, yeah. need to do. Because you've been there doing all the you things. You know how to be a good technician. And you've optimized it probably because you found the way that like, yeah, I do, I run the calls this way and this has worked really, really well. And so I know there's an ideal way to do this. Yep. Mm, yeah, gotcha. Yep. And then it's like, hey, homeboy, here's how you can run calls. Yeah. Do you ever do you leave room in there for like, hey, this is what this is how you need to take care of the customer? There's areas for you to just make it your own way to take care of the customer this way. Yeah, I don't care. Like if you look at our SOPs, <clears throat> it's like, hey, here's what we're gonna measure you by. And ours are, I think we have four things. It's um Let's see. Customer satisfaction is one of them. Mm-hmm. So we want them to have a 4.9 rating or higher. Mm-hmm. So if you can pull their rating right on Service Titan mm-hmm. based on Google reviews. Um, we want them to sell a certain amount of hours per week, average per day, right? Um, we want them to have a good attitude. Mm. And we need them to have good attendance. And... We want them, we track their attendance just so we know how to track hours sold better. Yeah. Because <clears throat> if they were gone for two weeks, their hours sold might look like garbage, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's really just because they were gone. Yeah. We don't want to penalize them for taking vacation, yeah. right? But if they're excessively gone, it's like, sure. hey, if you want to make more money, you just got to not take more time <laughs> off, right? Yeah. Um, there's five things. I don't remember what they are. We just changed like what we're tracking. Mm. Um, but if any of those are slipping... Mm. Then it's like, hey, you're slipping here. Right. Um, everything else, if they're getting 4.9 sure, sure. rating on how they're, well they're taking care of customers, mm-hmm. I don't care if they're doing it a little bit different. Yeah. Customers are still happy. Sure. Um, if they're selling enough hours, I don't care if they're doing a little bit different. Mm-hmm. They're still selling enough hours, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not going to go in and be like, hey, you got to change how you're doing this because it's yeah. not how I wanted it done. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Because everybody's different. Yep. Everybody's their own person. Yeah. They all got their own style. Yeah. And you'll find like your customers appreciate different technicians in your business. Yep. We've got customers that call in and they're like, I don't want that guy in my house ever again. <laughs> I want the original guy I had. Yeah. Right. And then somebody else will come in and it'll be the exact opposite. Yeah. It'll be the same two guys, but the exact opposite. Yeah. Right. And it's just, they just, 
they just jive with one person or the other better. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Cool. That's how we roll. Okay, so you got, I mean, it seems like it's pretty simple, like when to add what systems. Uh-huh. Super simple. And it's not that hard to write. I put it off for a long time. Yeah, why did you put it off for so long? Because <clears throat> it seemed really hard. Yeah, what about what about it seemed hard? you just looking at your business. It's mm. like when I went to go write and the business was kind of a mess, right? We grew super fast. And it was a mess like it just felt messy? Like it felt chaotic? It was a mess because nobody was on the same page. Uh, right? What do, you, what do you mean by that? We didn't have this smooth way of doing things. Mm. Everybody was doing things slightly different and there were things that we needed to happen a certain way Mm -hmm. right so like going in and writing like okay this is the service call process like this is what it looks like for the customer when they call our business Mm -hmm. to the time they pay us Mm. to the time they get our thank you email Mm -hmm. right those things those things make a difference right um because it's like li- it's like little things like, mm. okay, this guy didn't fill out a, a invoice summary on his thing. Yeah, sure. Now the the CSR the customer's calling and she has no idea what was done at the there's house. There's no notes, right? There's no there's, notes. There's zero notes. We have mm-hmm. no idea. There's no pictures. There's no notes. Like, mm-hmm. okay, were we even there? Who knows? Okay, technicians need to take pictures <laughs> and fill out the job summary on yeah. Service Titan. Yeah, right. So it's part of like their service call journey. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go train your guys. Hey, guys, mm. we just added this in our SOPs. Here's the deal. When you're at somebody's house, we need you to fill out the summary and mm-hmm. take pictures because when they call afterwards and you're at another job, I don't want to have to call you and yeah. talk to you about this job. Mm-hmm. If there's decent notes and pictures, mm. usually we can take care of it in the office right? and it's no big deal, right? Right. So it's little things like that. Mm. So getting your guys all on the same page of like, yeah, of how you do stuff, but the important stuff. Yeah, right. Like what is really important, and then maybe the guys might not understand what's important, like the notes and why those notes are so important, and yeah. where they actually communicate to other members of the team. Correct. Yeah. Correct, Amundo. Okay, so your business was super messy, and then it that was super messy. That was sort of intimidating, having to go in and like write all these procedures and processes for everything. We didn't have a sales system. Mm. We didn't have like a way that we did stuff. Sure. And so just going in, like even just the sales system, just writing down like, hey, we we follow the rise sales system. Mm -hmm. We build a relationship, we inspect, we offer solutions, we execute on it. Mm -hmm. This is what it looks like. Then we go train on that. Mm. Okay, now everybody's following the same sales process. We go in, we build a relationship, mm-hmm. we inspect, we provide solutions, and we execute. Mm. Now everybody has a clear idea of how they build a relationship. We give them some ideas, but at the end of the day, if they build a relationship, I don't care how you built that relationship. Yeah, sure. Um, as long as it's not going to affect your five-star rating or your 4.9 right. rating, right? Um, <clears throat> so it's like, identifying the things that really matter mm-hmm. and getting them on paper, training your team on them mm-hmm. so they know, okay, this is how the company operates. Mm-hmm. Like our CSRs know when somebody calls, we answer the phone, right. we follow this script, um, we put them in the computer like this, mm-hmm. we dispatch like this, mm-hmm. this is the order in which we get to the jobs, 
And at the end of the day, we do this. And then the next day, we repeat the whole process, right? right? Technicians know, okay, every Monday we come in for mm -hmm. a quick 20 to 30 minute meeting. Mm. And then we dispatch to our first job that's on the iPad. Mm -hmm. We need to go to the customer's house and we follow this sales process. We build the estimates on site. We don't leave to build mm -hmm. estimates. We discuss the estimates with the customer. We sell one. We have to market as sold. Mm. We do the work. We collect payment. Like you'll have guys going and not building estimates, just building invoices. Sure. You'll have guys going to houses and not collecting payment. Right. And then nobody knows. Right. And it's those things that mm. you start have you like have to start cleaning up, right? Yeah, sure. And train your team on. Okay, mm -hmm. guys, when we go to somebody's house, we have to build estimates and then mark the estimate sold. Right. Here's why. Right. Okay, right. guys, once you're done with the job, we have to collect payment. Here's why. Right. If you don't, nobody knows to collect payment <laughs> unless we search for it. Yeah. The chances of getting paid go way down. Right. Plus, we got to pay you on Friday. So if you want to get paid, yeah. we got to get paid. Yeah. That's how business works. Yeah. So collect payment at the end of every job. Mm -hmm. On and on and on. We yeah, could go gotcha. for forever, right? Yeah. What was the biggest like difference that you noticed when you first wrote your systems and you put them in? Or maybe better question, like what was the struggle with putting all these systems in? Like what was the hardest part about it for you? So it was probably a good <clears throat> ongoing year-long process of just, you know, writing so writing the systems, but then training the team on the systems. Sure. How many times did you have to edit the systems? Not very like not very often, mm -hmm. only when something changes. Gotcha. Like, you know, for my general manager, part of his systems is like, hey, here's how, here's where we get our prospector swag from. Mm. So here's the link to the hats we order. Yeah. Here's, mm. you take them down to this shop to get them embroidered. Here's the link to the logo that they need. Mm. Um, here's how many we order at a time. Right. Um. Here's a link to where we get sweatshirts from. Mm -hmm. Here's a link to the logo you need to upload. Uh, here's a link to the sizes we order. Or, right. You know, so many things like that. So, like, if if we changed where we get sweatshirts or if we changed sure. the logo, sure. well, we got to go into the SOPs. Mm -hmm. We're say, okay, we're using these sweatshirts now. Here's the new link. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're using this logo now. Here's the link for the, gotcha. the logo. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. It's the little things that you have to go in and update. Yeah. The overall, like how the business runs and the structure of the business yeah. and the day-to-day -day operations, those have stayed the same. Yeah. Ever cool. since. Cool. And it's been a slow process of, okay, we need you guys to do this, this little thing here. Mm -hmm. Let's implement this thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're not following the system over here. Mm. And it's really mm. like, sure. it's looking at your business every single day and going, how can we do this better? I got a question. Yeah. Do all good systems have trackable elements in them? Do all good systems have trackable elements in them? So that you can measure the effect, like the quality of the system? Like, because what you just said there, like, oh, this system isn't performing because of somehow you know that we need to adjust the system. So I think all you need to look at are like, and this is another thing, like you need to keep what you track simple as well. Mm, so sure. You could hmm. track 10 million different things and try to <laughs> push could. 10 million different levers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you really need to keep it simple and track the ones that matter the most. Yeah. Like, hmm. 
like, are we selling enough hours? It's really just, are we making enough money? Right. Um, like 4.9 rating, like, are we doing a good enough job to where they're still leaving us good reviews? Mm. Right. Those are probably your two most important ones. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you start seeing those things slip or like, if you're looking at your reviews, mm -hmm. cause this actually happened to us. Um, I hired a GM and guy number seven and eight all on the same day. They all showed up to work on the same day? Like, showed up to yeah. work on the exact same day. Um, the two, number seven and number That's eight, funny. they were both um, apprentices, fifth-year apprentices. Okay, gotcha. It was all I could get at the time. We have a five-year apprenticeship in Alaska, so they were on year five, never done service work. Um, we they, had, I'm just imagining everybody walking in, like looking at each other, yeah. like, what do you do? I guess I'm the GM. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was dumb. It was the worst decision of my life. Yeah. Um, we had no systems. So there was no onboarding system. Yeah. There was no system for getting guys trained up and acclimated and sure. Yeah. And indoctrinated into the culture. Indoctrinated all in the things. culture. There was none of that. I didn't even know what my GM was gonna do. I have no clue. I was like, dude, I I do this, but I probably do it poorly and we're just gonna have to figure this out. Yeah. Um and it was it was a it was a learning curve. Man, it's cool. It it shows like how much well, it shows a couple of things. It shows the type of person your GM Eddie is yep. to finally come and work for you and then be like, okay, I yeah. guess Jared doesn't know what he's doing, but yeah. he trusted you enough to say, I made this choice. I think we'll on day I think on day two, he told me this later. He was yeah. like, dude, I I screwed up. This is a <laughs> this was a mistake. Yeah. Now that he's stuck with it, he's like, This is cool. It was yeah. a good opportunity. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of growing, a lot yeah. of learning. It's cool. Yeah. Um but yeah, we went through a time like after mm. that because it got so messy at that point. Mm. We were serving so many customers and and customers were getting dropped and sure. like estimates were being sold but then not done and mm. jobs were getting done but we weren't getting paid for it or sometimes there wasn't even an, a, like a proper invoice for something so we didn't even know what happened at the <laughs> job, right? <laughs> and yeah. It, and so... At that point in time, yeah. we, we started getting a bunch of one-star reviews and it was like, okay, we got like we, we got a problem. Like yeah. we gotta fix this, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really what prompted me to write mm. my SOPs because I, I didn't know at the time. Yeah. I was like, I was growing a business. I didn't know what to do. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're, like, you're just kind of starting feeling your way through the dark with the whole thing. And I was like, okay, this is messy. It's not gonna could if we keep going down this road. Yeah, it's gonna suck. It's not gonna work. So mm -hmm. What do we need to do to clean this up? Okay, everybody needs to know exactly how everybody's supposed to operate. Yeah. And how the whole system works and how to go about their job. And everybody needs to go about it roughly in the same way so that we're all doing the things that we need to do to be successful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so we wrote the SOPs and then it was, you know, it was probably a three or four month progression before they really caught on, mm -hmm. right? They started to get in the technicians' heads and mm -hmm. understand, okay, this is how I'm supposed to do my job. And, you know, over the next year, year and a half, it made a huge, huge difference in the way the company runs. Mm. And it just makes everybody's life easier mm. if everybody's operating within a system. Yeah. Rather than a bunch of jumbled up mess. Yeah. 
that makes the customer experience better. It makes your business more profitable. It makes everybody's jobs easier. Mm. Um, and, and really just at some point in time, you, you mm. won't be successful without them. Yeah. And I think what a lot of, like a lot of owners would do would be to just jump back in, right? Oh, sure. Just go and fix the problem with their own, their own body and their own mind yeah. devoted to the problem. Yeah, because they're they're workers at heart, right? Yeah, they'll just go and I can just fix this. I'll just generate more revenue real quick and fix the problem. Yeah, Patch so the hole in the boat. Yeah, so like when, um, yeah, they're they're doers. They want to do everything themselves, mm. and so like even in the beginning, like when you get three, four guys out in the field and you're trying to play general manager, a lot of owners will, mm. when there's lack of, you know, systems and training, they will just jump in and take care of it. And they'll get really frustrated. Like, why aren't these guys doing this? Yeah. The reason is, is because they haven't told them what to do and then yeah. trained them on uh -huh, uh -huh. consistently yeah, yeah, on yeah, what yeah. to do. Well, I told them like three times, that's not enough. You got to tell them over and mm. over and over and over and over. Like you got to think from their per from the mm. technician's perspective, mm. they're showing up to work and they're doing what they think is a good job, That's right? right? So they're trying for the most part. Most most technicians and CSRs and people you hire are good people and they want to do a good job, right? And if you don't tell them what a good job looks like mm -hmm. or what a good job is, they're going to do what they think is a good job. Yeah whether it is or it isn't, right? And if and they don't have the the big picture view of the whole company. Mm -hmm. So they can't make wise decisions on what's good for the big picture. They right. don't see the bank balance. They don't see the profit and loss statement. Right. They don't see how many hours the company sold. Mm. They just see themselves at the customer's house doing the work, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you constantly jump back in and take care of stuff and handle stuff rather than training your team mm. of, Hey, this mm. is actually how we need to do it because it affects the end result in this way. And if we continue to do it this way, it affects mm. negatively in this way. Right. And we don't want that. Mm. Do we want that? No. Uh -uh. Mm. Okay. So the new way we do it is mm. write it down. Let's write these down in the SOPs. Here's the SOPs. Reference these whenever you have a question about this. Mm. Yeah, it seems to me like a big part that guys miss is the training on the new systems. Yeah, you could write systems all day long, but if nobody knows what's in there, yeah, then it doesn't does matter. You, does so it's like, zero good. And that can even go to like software, like you get on Service Titan, but if you're not, if you don't know enough to train somebody how to use the thing well, correct, and then continue to do that over and over again, then it's not gonna. You're not gonna use the tool as well as you could. Correct. Like training is so huge. And, Correct. And I don't know how many, you probably know this more than me, but like it seems to me that like training in the plumbing business owner's mind is like, well, let's train on the technical plumbing side. Yep. Which is a part of it, sure. Yep. But how much is it of that, but then just training on this is the way we do things here specifically? Training on, like we found, <clears throat> and some of my guys might totally disagree with me. <laughs> um, if they're if the technician is doing a good enough job to where the customer is happy and they're not getting a ton of callbacks, then the technical aspect of their work is usually good enough. Sure. Right. Um, we found that training on technical how to do the technical aspect of your job can be useful 
for certain people at certain times. Yeah. Um, and it's not something you want to neglect. Sure. Like if you're mm. tuning furnaces, you guys need to know how to tune furnaces, yeah. right? If they're having a bunch of callbacks, you probably need to sit down and do some training with that guy. Right. What we found that most plumbers lack is communication skills, sure. um, mm. salesmanship skills, like how to follow the sales process. Right. Um, like, I want to say technical, but like computer skills, like they'll have iPads in their yeah. hands. It's not something that they do every day. Right. They don't go home and like click a bunch of buttons on Service Titan on an <laughs> iPad, right? So yeah. those are much more foreign to them yeah. than fixing a toilet. Yeah. Most of the guys can figure out how to fix a toilet, mm. right? It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, has a, has a definite like end yeah. Result. Yeah, there's a problem. I've identified it. I know how to fix this problem. It's right here. I've been doing this for a while with or this. Even if you don't know how to fix it, mm. it's obvious when you look at it, you can diagnose it, yeah. you can think about it, and you can come up with a solution and you can try it and it's obvious if it worked or not. Right. Right. When they're filling out stuff on Service Titan, mm. but there is no obvious right end result, right. well, they're, that's a, conclu- a conclusion they're never going to come up with on their own, yeah. right? So you have to train your guys on it. Yeah, You have to let them know what the end right result is. Yeah. Now, whether they click this button first or that button first, mm-hmm. who cares? As long as the end result is yeah. is right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so when you, at some point, get an either start another plumbing company or buy another one, what would you just implement right off the bat as far as systems? Like knowing what you know now, like what would you just go in and be like, these are the systems I'm already going to have in my brain that I'm going to put into place right away. So knowing what I know now, I would just, I would write the whole thing like right from the beginning. <laughs> like like would you write it in stages? Like these are <clears throat> systems, like would you just be like, this is the systems for the 10 truck shop? No, I build the whole thing out. Gotcha. You build out the timeline or like it would be in, we'll continue. I would only do that now because number one, I, w- I know what I want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know how, I know how to do it. I know what needs to be in there Yeah. and I know what doesn't need to be in there. Right. So, I, and I already have it for one company. Yeah. So why wouldn't I just go and yeah, put it in another it company? Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The problem with like plumbing business owner who isn't there yet. Mm. Right. Uh, trying to go write systems for the future. Mm. So he has no idea what the future holds. Yeah. Um, I already have a pretty good idea what the future of a plumbing business holds because mm-hmm. I've already built one. Yeah. Right. So to now, would I try and go write um, SOPs that I would expect to get me to 30 or 40 million in sales? No, I wouldn't expect that. Right. I would expect them to have to change yeah. when I get to a certain point because mm-hmm. I have no idea what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Right. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I haven't been there. How could I? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the boat that like most people who are listening to this podcast are in is, okay, I started a business. I know I need, I'm going to need to write systems. I know systems are important. If you're at like the three truck stage and you're getting on service tight and you're like, oh, I should probably write employee agreements. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go try and write all of your SOPs <laughs> because you're going to have no idea what to put in there. Right? Yeah. It's just going to be wasted time. It's going to be wasted time. Mm-hmm. You're going to have other things that are way more important to work on. Mm. 
Like at that point in time, you're going to want to work on getting on service time, mm-hmm. work on getting your price book dialed in, mm-hmm. work on getting the three guys you got performing really well out in right. the field so you can bring in maximum amount of revenue so you can grow faster. Right. So you can dump more money into marketing. You're going to want to be focusing on, you know, working on your brand, um, pushing your brand out into the community, mm-hmm. developing those kinds of things rather than worrying about SOPs. Yeah, I gotcha. SOPs aren't the thing holding you back at that point in time, mm, right? Sure. Making money, text being productive, hiring new guys, pushing your marketing, getting more vans. Those are the things you need to be focusing on. Yeah. You don't have, it's like um, every time you build, you, you need to build, make a mess, and then go <laughs> clean it up. Mm, sure. Build, make a mess, clean it up. Sure. Build, make a mess, clean it up. Sure. So the systems almost come after you. Like you don't, you're not going to build the system and then grow into the system. It's going to be much more like you're just going to barge forward and then look back and be like, okay, let's make that work better because yeah. that was weird. That was hard. Yeah, because it you have no idea how to clean it up until you make the mess. Yeah, sure. So so you're okay. I understand what you're saying because you can say like you could go grab all of your SOPs and then you could write out your whole systems. Your one truck truck and you just wrote out your whole systems all the way up to ten trucks. Yeah. And maybe 90% of that's going to be useless because you're just going to barge through all those barriers and be like, none of this makes sense now. Like, I'm no. experiencing this. This is the systems I need and to you, write. And the, and what ends up happening is you wasted all that time and energy on that mm. when you should have been spending that time and energy on something that actually moves the needle yeah. for your business, yeah. right? You always need to identify what's the biggest constraint in my business right now. And that's the thing you need to attack with all of your <laughs> energy, right? Yeah. So if you if you don't have enough work for the people you have, yeah. then and you don't have any money, let's just go you're not making enough revenue. Yeah. You need to go, okay, why? Systems problem. Am I priced right? See, that would be a terrible mistake. Uh-huh. Am I priced right? Okay, I'm priced right. I went through Jared's calculator. I'm charging over four hundred an hour. I know my I'm, my prices are good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have enough work. Am I consistently charging that price? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, there's tons of questions you can ask. Okay. Yeah. Am I billing out enough hours? Yeah. What does my P&L say? Yeah. Um, how's my gross profit? Uh, do I just need more work? Do I just need to bill more hours? Right. Okay. What do I got to do to get more hours? Right. I'm going to go attack that with all mm. of my might. Mm. If you were thinking like, hmm, okay, I'm going to have 10 trucks soon. <laughs> I'm probably going to need some systems. Yeah, I should really work on that. That sounds like a good weekend project. Instead yeah. of attacking the thing that I know I need to do, I have this cool distraction. Correct. But you'll come to a point where it's like, okay, mm. I can't go any further without cleaning this up first. Yeah. Because yeah. this is getting gnarly. Yeah. My guys are out doing wild stuff. I'm getting some one-star reviews. Yeah, sure. I should probably put some systems in place. Yeah. Okay, let's go clean this back up. Yeah. And you'll have a really good idea of what needs to be cleaned up at that point yeah. and how to clean it up hmm. and what the proper tools are to put in place. Yeah. It'd be like somebody told you, hey, I'm going to come make a giant mess of your house. Mm-hmm. You get to bring one tool to clean it up, and but you had no idea of what kind of mess it was going to be. Mm, sure, yeah, yeah. And if I got your tool off the internet, yeah. it was a mop. And so you got you, a yeah. yeah. I got a mop, and you showed up, and you, I don't know what you yeah, did. Yeah, you but. brought a spo- a wet sponge. Yeah, and we just like put powder all over your house, and a vacuum would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, dang, if only I would have come here first before I got this sponge. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah, because I think people look to systems. 
Because I know we've given out your systems to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I know because I've talked to a lot of them. And they're probably looking to the systems because that's what they think their limiting constraint is. Yeah, I mean, even when you like <clears throat> download this playbook, BTW, it's a good playbook. It's free. Um, oh, BTW means by the way. <laughs> BTW means by the way. Jared little, just learned it from this book I got him. Yeah, little plug here. Um, on the second page of this playbook, you can book a call with my team um, to see if you want to get coaching. Mm. We have a coaching program. It's freaking awesome. You learn there's so much that we can't put in a book. Sure, yeah, because there's so many nuances of your business that require a conversation and questions. Just like this conversation that we've had. It's like, well, if you're in this stage, you need to do this. Yeah. If you're in this stage, you need to do this. Don't work on this. Yeah. If you guys want help growing your business, you can go to wealthyplumber.com slash book, or you can just go to wealthyplumber.com. Just type in www.wealthyplumber.com. Mm-hmm. Um, go to our website, watch a little video about what we do, and book a call with my team, and we'll help you grow your plumbing business. We'll help you put all these systems into place. We'll help you figure out what your hourly rate needs to be. We'll help you put the proper marketing in place. We'll teach you how to hire guys. We'll teach you how to write employee agreements. Mm. We'll help you step-by-step along the way. Shameless plug. Mm. Um, Where were we? Um, When you're going through this playbook, Mm -hmm. right, there's all sorts of things in here that you probably don't need to worry about right now. Yeah, sure. Is it excellent information? Yes. Are you going to have to do the stuff in this playbook eventually? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you need to know this stuff? Absolutely. Mm. But you really need to get really good at determining Mm. what it is you need to be focusing on, what is holding you back from growing your business further, and what's the biggest lever you can pull in your business right now? Mm. Sure, yeah, yeah. What's the one thing that you can do the one problem that you can solve, the one thing you can put in place that is going to get you farther to where you want to be, right? So there's probably like a hundred different things you can do. Mm -hmm. One of those things is going to get you 80% there. Mm. Or one of those things is going to get you 50% there. Mm -hmm. The other ones are going to get you 5%, 10%. Yeah. You want to attack that big one. Mm -hmm. What's the big one? Usually it's the thing you've been putting off mm-hmm. or the thing you're scared of yeah. or the thing you don't know how to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the thing that you might not think is possible, but you know that you probably have to do it. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Or the one you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. Those are usually the those are usually the ones. The one you've been avoiding. Yeah. That's probably the one you need to work on. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Systems are important. They're important, but it's sort of like a catch 22. Like they're super important, but there are other things that you might need to focus on before you start leveling hard into the systems. So you need to focus on systems, but I guess it's at what, at what level, right? And each, and each like stage in your business is going to require slightly different systems. This whole podcast has been sort of like, you start with real simple, basic systems, and then you move on to more, not necessarily complex, but they just address different things. Like they're more focused on consistency of work and people know what's going on. But like in the beginning, it's like your system is like pricing is a system in and of itself. Pricing is a system. And like that sucker, that system needs to be super solid. Before you, if like, if you don't have a solid pricing system, but you're onboarding with Service Titan and thinking about a price book, like you need to back up, back up and like knock that pricing system down hard. Yep. 
if you, like if you don't know your numbers, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, like if just, yeah, if somewhere to ask, so like not even pricing, like let's just nail it down to like okay, just knowing what it costs you to run your business and and how to price your hourly rate, like that's like step step one. Yeah. Then it's like okay, well, now how do I actually build a price for a job? Right. That's another system. Right. So systems are always important, right? But it's like which ones are important now? Yeah, which ones are which ones are what system is required to address the biggest limiting factor in your business? Correct. And that's when you need to be focused on. Correct. Yeah. 100%. Did you're getting smarter. Uh, I just repeat <laughs> what you say. <laughs> I just I just talk a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All well, right. see ya. See you, Holmes. <laughs>